0: Hi, welcome, 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 welcome back to, uh, oh my god, I was about to call, oh my gosh, uh, welcome back to my podcast, Anything and Everything, where I just kind of discuss anything and everything, so, um, for these next two weeks, you're gonna hear my little hot takes and opinions, um, on, like, little things, so, first up, I want to, um, address, um these I'm gonna address like two different things in this episode I'm these are just things that are on my mind so I'm gonna first address why I think youtubers um I'm just gonna kind of discuss youtube and two main things that I wanted and of course I'm probably gonna have an episode coming out later about um other things um concerning youtube but Um, right now what's on my mind is just two main things concerning YouTube. First up, why I think TikTokers can rise to the same level of fame um, that they can on YouTube. Um, And then I'm also going to discuss how BuzzFeed deals with worker burnout. Um, Before I get into this episode, I just want to discuss I'm very anti-capitalism and discuss how capitalism plays into YouTube, because YouTube is a very, very different workspace, right, like, people make money off of AdSense, they, um, people watch their ads, and, you know, like, getting money off of ads is, like, kind of weird, um, but people make money through AdSense and making content, and they also get money by, like, a lot of people clicking on it, so, uh, like, a lot of famous YouTubers, um, will either have, like, content, like, from being dumb, but, like, they're popular for being dumb, or you'll have, like, influencers, um, not, like, early influencers, but, like, I don't know, there's, like, some very, very few margin of influencers, they're actually safe during the pandemic, but, um, I'm gonna discuss how, like, um, other, like, influencers that put out quality content, um, can also make money using AdSense. Um, I just want to preface that I'm not very familiar with the YouTube world, um, This is just kind of like my opinions on YouTube coming from a consumer of content. So, for starters, I want to discuss why I think that um, people can break out, especially notorious YouTubers or TikTokers, etc., can break out of their mold, Um, but also why it's hard to break out of the mold. So I'm going to be discussing Charlie Emilio and all of those, you know, L.A. non-COVID influencers. I, I'm going to discuss that. Um, yeah, so there, you can probably see at the beginning of quarantine, there were a lot, a lot, a lot of influencers that um, got a YouTube channel. And since they already had their platform, they got quite, quite um, famous. And I'm also going to discuss how paparazzi made them famous as well. So first up, you can kind of answer the question um, as to why these YouTubers and these TikTokers um, can break out of their mold. So, for starters, I'm going to talk about TikTok. So, I think, like, people such as Charlie Melio, you know, she's always – she's had a pretty big – I don't even want to call it a platform. Because, like, if you look at her follower count, it's kind of just, like, half actual people, half – or, like, in, like, a fourth of that is children – and, like, another fourth of that is kind of disgusting. It's, like, a fourth of adults. Um, but, like, you know, half of her, like, follower count is bots and the other half is, you know, um, actual people. Now, also, why is her follower count bots? So, um, when, I think we all know the controversy that came out when she had a private, like, meal made. Um, she lost, she had significant drop in followers. But then, I did some investigating when she got up to 100000 She said that she was going to do something big, but it kind of just seemed like she did some TikTok dances when she got big, which I'm like, you know, fine. Like, girl, you do you. Um, I'm going to adjust my mic here, actually. But, like, you know, girl, you do you. But why was it so, like, why was her follower count gone up? Well, if you look at it, bots. She bought some followers, or maybe some people bought followers for her. But you can notice that a lot of these influencers, they have... They did get a follow... Oh my god, my mic just fell. But they did get a following from doing actual... They did get a following from doing actual stuff. But, you know, um, it just kind of depends what they do with that following. So, like, some of them... um, I'm pretty sure, especially probably Charlie, when they saw that they had a platform, they started kind of buying some followers, that way they could rise to fame, because I'm pretty sure a lot, I mean, many, many people want to be famous, I know I want to be famous one day, Um, you know, I mean, that was kind of like my goal for a while, but um, there's a lot of people that can do that. Now, getting onto to Charlie and Addison, everyone. I'm also going to be talking, sorry, this is tantrum, I'm also going to be talking about family channels. Anyways, but if you look at, like, Charlie or, like, um or, like, maybe, like, other TikTokers, such as, like, Blake Gray or whoever, um, they've all gotten, a, I mean, they've rose to fame um, because they did TikTok answers or wh- or whatever. um, And they've also rose to fame partly because they're white. Now, if you look at the Hype House, when it was originally created, it was mostly white, and they got a lot of backlash from it. Now, I don't think it was their fault that it was mostly white, and I'll tell you why. It's because we've all known the TikTok algorithm is quite racist. It favors white creators over black or brown creators or Asian creators. Um, you know, like, it just, it, like, it tends to do that. So, um, I don't think it was their fault that the Hype House was pretty much, you know, very um, Very saturated. Um, and very white, so I don't think it was their fault for that, so, oh, sorry, I'm going off on tangent, but here's why people, um, such as, like, TikTokers can rise to YouTube. Now, to ask this, to address this question, we need to go back to, um, when Vine fell, so, um, Vine was deleted, I think, like, in 2016, 2017, it was a while ago, um, I think it was in 2017, though, but, yeah, so, um, sorry, my mind's just loading, uh, I think, like, you saw a lot of prominent Viners start to rise to fame, so if you look at, like, people such as Jake Paul, Jake Paul before he was problematic, so I think I was introduced in, in, uh, I was introduced to Jake Paul, um, when he did Vark, so I would watch Disney Channel, and I stopped watching Disney Channel when I was, like, in seventh grade, I think, sixth grade, maybe, um, just because, like, you know, content wasn't as good, and, like, a lot of my favorite shows started getting canceled, so I'm, like, you know, like, now is my time to move on to, like, Netflix and watching other shows like that, um, and I moved on to watching, like, Pretty Little Liars for, like, two years, three years, um, yeah, I started moving on to that, But why do I think to – well, if you look at, like, honestly, a lot of – like, Logan Paul, he started getting a very notorious following. Um, He got – I don't want to say notorious, but he got a large – he got many, many acting gigs after um, he dropped out of – so what his deal is, is that when he rose to fame from Vine, um, he started making money, I assume – so then he dropped out of college, and he moved to L.A. to pursue a full-time, full-time career. And, you know, like, L.A.'s kind of, like, glam rides, like, that's where it's at. And, yes, L.A. is where, like, if you want to be an actress, you know, you need to be in that Hollywood area, Hollywood, like, spectrum, I guess. Um, so, of course, you need to, like, be close to your work, because chances are you will be filming in L.A. Um, so, uh, Logan Paul moved out there. Um and he started pursuing a career um, in acting. And he's honestly landed some pretty, um, like, he's kind of landed some small gigs, like, you know, in Law & Order or something. Or, like, a few commercials or whatever. So I think he's kind of risen rose, rose, uh, risen to fame um, by being a Viner. And then him being a Viner, like, allowed him to kind of explore this mode of explore this mode of acting and putting on a character, putting on a show. So he started becoming an actor like that. And then you can also analyze Liza... Okay. You can also um, analyze Liza Koshy and people like that just because... um, Oh, sorry. (laughs) You can also analyze Liza Koshy um, and people such as her who have risen to fame. And uh, people such such as Liza Koshy have gotten following from, like, a, you know, she was with David Dobrik at one point. I know, hard to believe. It was a while ago. Um, but she was, like, with David Dobrik, and David Dobrik was also a pretty prominent viner. But, you know, they both um, had um a very notorious vines following. And then when Vine when they found out Vine was gonna get deleted, um, they probably just went like, yo, I'm gonna transfer over to YouTube now. And they started making a lot of similar content, but now like you have to elongate that content. So a lot of viners have started to do that. And Vine is just kind of like um if you think about like when I think about Vine, people have like a larger than life persona on Vine. So when you think about Vine in that sense Um, people also need to have a larger-than-life persona on YouTube, um, and I think that was something very, very new for the YouTube algorithm and the YouTube, uh, community and the YouTube space, um, so it was just weird, and I think they started, you know, they were gonna be filtered under, like, sketch comedy, or, like, filtered under, you know, having, like, a life and doing big things, so that was just something very interesting to analyze, how, a lot of, even Leila Pons, you know, she ended up transferring over to Instagram, um, and then from Instagram, she transferred over to, um, to YouTube, which she posts similar content on YouTube and, um, and Instagram, but you can analyze how a lot of these prominent binaries who are known for pretty much doing com- or I don't even know if you want to call it comedy, but they're known for doing comedy, um. So, and they're known for making, quote, feel-good content. So, I think that's just something very interesting to analyze, how they can make that seamless transition. Because a lot of people, I think, like, YouTube's pretty well-known, pretty notorious, so um, I think a lot of people, like, know that. Now, why do I think TikTokers can make the same transition? Um, I think you no longer, people such as David Dobrik, you know, but also why is it different? So people such as David Dobrik, right? They got their following off Vine, but now he's known for the Vlog Squad. Um, or people like Liz Koshi, you know, she's known for having a following on Vine. But she's, now she's just known for being like a comedy YouTuber. Um, and then also people such as uh, Jake and Logan Paul, they're known. Um, Jake Paul and Logan Paul are, are known for two different things. But Logan Paul is known for being a very prominent finder. And then Jake Paul is known for his acting career. Because he got his start um, from a TV show called Bizarre Bark, which I liked watching. I enjoyed watching it. Because it was like also like feel-good content. Um, and it was a parody of YouTube. So I think if you can just kind of analyze that content and analyze how different their content is, um, you can start to think about like what kind of happened um and then moving on to why I think tiktokers can and cannot make that same seamless transition now why do I think they can I think after a few years of having their career they're going to be known now as they're going to be known as being tiktokers or like being youtubers um however I don't think tiktok will go under anytime soon vine went under right um, like, Vine was deleted, but TikTok probably won't be, um, just because, like, China needs your data. Um, I don't think TikTok will go under it anytime soon, so they can't quite break out of that mold and break out of that space, um, of just, because they did get their, I mean, you can't deny that they did get their, um, start and their following on, um, pro- on, oh my gosh, on TikTok, and also if you, like, talk, like, analyze people such as Lauren Gray, you know? Uh, they've gotten their following from Musical.ly, so that will never change, um, but I think you can now think of Lauren as, like, the Instagram girl or whatever, um, like, a lot of people, yes, they have gotten their follow, like, of course they're always going to be associated with Musical.ly and doing all those cringy transitions that we all loved as kids, but, like, when you start to really, really think about it, um, it's just, like, very, very different content. Um, and also family channels. So, Mark D'Amelio, he has a family channel, um, called The D'Amelios. I think it's called The D'Amelios. I'm not sure. Um, and you can probably, like, I think, um, this is just what they're showing, but they have a very nice, clear, um, very healthy relationship, um, in their family. Now, why do I hate family channels? For example, the Ace Family. Now I'm pretty sure we all all know the controversy with the Ace Family. Again, this larger than life persona. Um, but the Ace Family makes content for like young twelve year old boys that probably just walk around like, you know, like clutching their clutching their peen and walking around with like thinking that they walk with swagger, but they really they look constipated. I think we all know um who we're <laughs> who we're referring to, those cringy fourteen year old, twelve year old boys um, that we, like, used to think were so attractive in middle school, ew, um, yeah, so that's kind of the whole spiel of it, um, so I think that's, you know, that's kind of why I hate family channels as well, because a lot of family channels will show videos and photos of their children, which, of course, you should be able to share videos and photos of your children, but when you have a very significant following, and, like, Austin, Austin Ace, I think that's his name, like, he, um, Austin, he has, like, a very, like, his family is pretty much, um, known for, like, having, like, you know, Catherine McBroom, or, oh my god, Austin McBroom, oh my gosh, that's his name, but, like, you know, Catherine McBroom, Or, like, his kids. Like, he literally displays videos and photos of his kids. Which, back then, back when he first started getting his following, that would have been completely fine. Because I didn't know about the child child pedophile world, and I'm pretty sure neither did he. Um, Because he literally has the brain cells, like, the size of a rat. Um, Or, like, a single... He's literally probably running on a single brain cell. I hate that man. Um, But, uh, I think... He probably just didn't know that there were pedophiles out there. Um, and then now that we're exposed to, like, pedophilia, he cannot, he can't take those photos, those videos down of his kids, which I'm pretty, like, you should be allowed to share photos of your kids, um, but I think, he no longer because the damage has kind of been done, but why is he always, like, negligent? So, if you, I don't want to say negligent, but, like, he kind of neglects neglects people's views. So, if you look when Mr. Kate did his home, he already bought some furniture before, and she was going to do his entire house, but he, like, already decorated some of the rooms, which I kind of found a little bit jarring, because that speaks to his character. Like, I'm pretty sure he would have known, but also, if you look at it, then, like, Austin McBroom, in the initial consultation, Austin McBroom was not there. He was not there. Now, why... It's okay. Like, dads can be busy, you know. But, like, I think she asked... Mr. K asked Catherine so... or Yeah, yeah, Mr. K asked Catherine so many times, will Austin be okay with this? Meaning, is Austin doing something that can, like have repercussions um if he's not okay with it right so you start to question his motives there or like you'll have other family channels um that literally like portray their kids like the LeBlanc family you know like I'm pretty sure Annie LeBlanc has been through so much and honestly it's a google search because like I struggle talking about it um but she's just been through a lot um and I really like but like the LeBlanc's I'm like none of them were there for their child. They just want to display their children and make content for that. Um, and also, we can analyze this a little bit further. We can look at relationship channels. So, like, they're literally built on having a relationship there, like, on having, on them being together. And if they're not, like, if you look at, um, other podcasts, such as, like, couple podcasts, if they break up, um... You know, if the, if that, like, couple breaks up, then, like, you know, it's, like, everything's gonna be, like, built on that, or if you look at, like, it was, like, this Call Her Daddy podcast, one of the hosts left, and there was, I'm pretty sure there was some beef, I'm not quite sure, kind of forgot about the whole beef, but, like, that, one of the hosts left, so another one of the hosts, like, had to have the podcast, but, like, the two hosts had a big, huge, like, I don't know, something caused them to no longer, um, I haven't done much research, but something caused them to no longer, um, be co-hosts, so, like, if you want to analyze that, like, there's a lot of stuff, like, kind of built on them being a family, like, I'm pretty sure Catherine's also in it for the money, um, like, not, like, in it for the money, but, like, she kind of has to be there, like, if she speaks up, like, who who knows what could happen so that's just kind of like my hot take um i know i didn't really answer it um <laughs> second up i just kind of transitioning i want to talk about buzzfeed buzzfeed okay so buzzfeed is um back in like 2014 they had like buzzfeed um like the original buzzfeed on buzzfeed um yellow buzzfeed orange um buzzfeed purple you know they had all these like colors of buzzfeed and then they had buzzfeed multiplayer and then they started becoming like created this channel separate channel called buzzfeed unsolved now why do i dislike buzzfeed they create this worker this very harsh toxic working environment i mean if you don't put out a certain number of articles or a certain amount of content then you can no longer strive to get higher for starters like it's this very like kind of i don't want to say an mlm because <laughs> it's not an mlm but like it's this kind of structure that like you, i mean of course you should want to attain higher but it's kind of like it, it creates this environment that can almost create burnout now a lot of if you look at sophia she did not expose BuzzFeed, but her leaving BuzzFeed was kind of what shed light on why people left BuzzFeed. Now, a lot of people, such as, like, the Try Guys, do not have control over their content. So, meaning if they want to ever get that content back that they cannot, which kind of sucks, um, because, like, I don't think they profit off their own content. They profit off of the company's the stuff that the company salary gives them. Of course, like pretty sure that company salary is somehow coming from some people's content. But like you see people like wanting to put all this effort into their content that they don't get to reap the benefits of it. Which can be just so harsh. Um and I think it's not a positive thing. So yeah. Um I think BuzzFeed just creates a very, very harsh work environment. Now if you look at Arya and Merle, Moral, um, I don't know if they're still together or not. But they were this very notorious couple at the beginning of this pandemic when COVID hit. Um, and that they sh- like shared, you know, their struggles. And I think they probably did that on their own volition. Because they had us all believing that they did on their own volition. But, like, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, BuzzFeed just made them make content. Or if you look at, like, BuzzFeed Tasty. Like, their workers no longer had access to their own kitchens, or, like, had access to the tasty kitchen, I should say, but they were still, they still, like, you know, need to make content for their salary, because BuzzFeed is built on people making content, um, so, like, they still had to make content, um, but I don't, like, BuzzFeed, you need to put out this number of articles by the end of the day, and you need to, like, you know, you need to have a quota, and I think I'm very anti that quota system, um. I think if you also want to, like, look at the, that's very similar to the Wells Fargo controversy in that, um, that Wells Fargo controversy is that, like, you know, it's a quota of, like, bank, like, of accounts you need to open by the end of the day. So, like, a lot of workers would open up fake accounts. um, And, of course, like, the CEO was held, um, accountable for that. So, yeah. Um, I think also, like, if you look at also other, like, old BuzzFeed content, If you look at Ashley and Andrew, like, they were just kind of built on having a crush with each other. Um, And, of course, I don't know if that crush is, like, real or fake. Um, And they're also, like, BuzzFeed is built on making relatable workplace content. So, that can just kind of be something very harsh. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of anti-like, there's some, a lot of notorious people that I've left BuzzFeed, and like we know that if the Buzzfeed Unsolved Boys leave Buzzfeed, that's gonna have some because a lot of people just watch Buzzfeed. They probably watch Buzzfeed for the Try Guys. They watch Buzzfeed. I mean, I know I watch Buzzfeed for the Try Guys, um, and of course, like I don't really watch Try Guys anymore just because their content no longer caters to me. Um, which is fine. I I'm just not in the targeted age group for them anymore. Um, yeah. So I'm just very much anti-Buzzfeed, and that's, of course, a whole other podcast episode, um, but I'll, to kind of elaborate on to why I hate, like, why I strongly dislike Buzzfeed, I guess, is that if you look at probably producers such as Eugene, um, Lee Yang, so he, um, had to put out, like, a certain, um, amount of content by the end of the, um, I think by the end of the season or whatever, um, or else he would not, like rise up, um, or he would not like get higher, and he would be stuck at his position, um, or he would probably be dropped from the com- Like you know, you have this very toxic mind place, toxic workplace mindset, in that you don't have control over your content. Once you make that content, that content is Buzzfeed's. That content is no longer yours. Um, and like I think you probably put all that effort and time and energy and probably even money into making that content but then that content is no longer yours and of course like also if you kind of analyze ladylike ladylike fell apart because a lot of the people that were kind of the backbone of it left now i'm very like you know a lot of buzzfeed shows i know i watched um i enjoyed um but then like when they start to leave you kind of start to hear about the how it kind of exposed how buzzfeed just kind of exposed and I don't want to say exploited because they didn't give them harsh working conditions, but they gave them so much pressure to do well, um, and that, I mean, of course, like, everyone has pressure to do well. I'm not going to, like, like be anti-someone, but it's just this huge kind of horrible, like, workplace mindset. Um, and, of course, BuzzFeed has its perks. It has a sprawling campus. It has oh, snacks. Like, I know their snack room is like huge they have access to quality equipment but like there's a lot of content that's just probably not like built on someone that probably enjoyed making that content and of course you have to be creative which of course it's like you know something for creatives to pursue but when you honestly look at the backbone of it it's built to kind of like be negative to other people so, those are my thoughts on BuzzFeed. Um, yeah, that's the end of the podcast episode, I guess. Um, hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. These are just, like, my hot takes um, on, like, I'm very much anti-BuzzFeed um, for a multitude of reasons, and I can talk about this in a whole other podcast episode to actually do some research. But, yeah, so see y'all next week.